0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. The
1: following is a presentation of Podcast One.
0: Eric Bowling and Brett Favre on everything from politics and sports to business and culture.
1: This year has been insane.
2: I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off and quit. That man right there, number four, Brett Favre. First NFL completion, and it's to himself.
0: It's big time
2: and prime time. That's why right, Brett Favre is Brett Favre. Yep. Now it's Bowling with Favre. Yeah, we're back again, uh, folks. Eric and I, and we got a special guest today. Uh, who, is, who is a friend and also a, I, I, I dare to say partner, because he, his level of intellect is way above my, uh, I missed that day of school, Eric. Uh, it's a, Above some, your pay grade? Uh, <laughs> uh, neuroscience. I, I, in fact, I, sometimes I, I don't even get it right. It, when I met Jake, and Jake can, can uh, clear this up. By the way, our guest is Jake Van Landingham, who is... Uh, uh, is down in Tallahassee he is a diehard Florida State Seminole fan. Um, and I met Jake roughly I'm gonna say about 8 years ago. Uh, 7 or 8 years ago and um he at the time he was the head of and I'm probably going to get this wrong the neuroscience department or uh what is it Jake? Well you were Right. I, I was
0: uh, one of the members of the biomedical sciences department at the Florida State University College of Medicine. But I'm a member of the neuroscience program there, too, at the time.
2: Yeah. Again, I, I missed that day of school. But uh, so a mutual friend of ours, and, and this is how we basically met, um, is a doctor here in town in Hattiesburg. Dr. David Lee. Great guy. Uh, David. Um, at the time was doing brain and, and neck surgeries um super smart guy and he said would you be willing to meet with this guy that I'm friends with and I think I'm going to invest in his company or his product uh his name's Jake Van Lanningham he will drive up here uh and and basically he's wanting you to get involved to some extent with this concussion drug that he is developing. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, I mean, my playing days are over, but I'll listen uh, more more of a, uh, a favor for David. So sat down with Jake. Uh, we met at bus, my agent's office. And um, I think there was probably about six of us maybe that met. And basically Jake just laid out what, he had up to that point what he what his vision was, and more or less was was looking to f- to have basically an NFL player or former player uh, kind of help navigate through the NFL channels. Uh, so I was after the meeting was over. I was really before the meeting. I was not very excited about it, but when I left, I was pretty intrigued. Uh, not so much because this concussion drug would help me because I asked that question, but the fact that we could be pioneers in this, I say, we, I didn't develop anything, but being there basically at the start of, of, you know, when all this began and make a difference, not only in the NFL and yeah, they, they get most, most of the attention, But as Jake likes to say, and I agree with him, the military youth where it's most important.
1: Yeah, great. And congratulations to both of you. I think, um, you know, Brett, you touched on it. Not necessarily what's 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 happening with 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 Brett Favre, but what's happening with young people in the NFL, what's happening with young people in college football, high school football, way down to Pop Warner League you know, let, let, let's have a discussion, Jake. Well, why don't we just l- give the floor to you and tell us about the drug and tell us where it stands. Um, tell us, you know, I have a, a little bit of a, a history with a, a pharmaceutical companies. I know the the difficulty of getting FDA approval on things and whatnot, and, and tell us where, where this drug stands and what, it, what you hope for it to do and what you hope uh, your, your partnership with Brett brings out um, in, in helping kids and helping people.
0: Thanks, Eric. Always um, nice to hang out with Brett, too. And I appreciate you, Brett, and all you've done for us. Um, uh, don't make light of Brett's role in here. He has been there the entire time pushing this, trying to get it, get it awareness out there that it's time to treat. I mean, before I go into sort of the science of the drug, I think it's important to note that there is no treatment for concussion. We won't and we intend to work with the NFL. The NFL, nor the Department of Defense, nor the NIH, for that matter, has ever given a penny uh, to developing a treatment for concussion. It's all been about developing diagnostics. Hey, did you have a concussion or didn't you? And also, obviously, better helmets. Well, and Brett speaks to this often uh, when we, when we get out there and do awareness is that you'd have all the, the best helmet in the world, but that brain is still gonna slosh around inside the skull. I mean, it's the brain isn't stapled to the inside of the skull. So it's gonna move, it's gonna bang. There's gonna be contusions on brain tissue um, depending on the angle of the hit, no matter what. Obviously the higher the velocity hit, uh, the, the more bruising and contusion and swelling we're gonna see. And that usually coincides with worse symptoms that as we'll talk about later, can become pretty bad long-term consequences. Jake and, and, and Brett,
1: um, someone gets a concussion, right? You get hit, you get a hard hit. Uh, Prevacus, I believe, is the name of the drug. They, you, you administer Prevacus. What's, what's the hope for that? Is it immediate? Is it, is it immediate relief? Is inflammation goes down, or is it a longer term? Tell us how, how the drug uh, in real life is going to work.
0: The nasal device that the drug is in is a very lightweight The drug is stable for over six months, over 100 degrees. So it can be kept in a medic's bag, in an athletic trainer's bag on the sideline. You would get a 10 to 15 minute concussion test on the sideline. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now there is blood brain biomarkers, blood biomarkers now that have recently been FDA approved too, to help quantify uh, whether you've had a concussion or not. So we've got a lot of technology helping us enroll now. Uh, but to answer your question a little bit more clearly, within 10 to 15 minutes would be the first treatment to get the swelling and inflammation down. And then it the, it will be given twice a day for 14 days, 14 days being a defined period of which symptoms of concussion can wax and wane. You may feel good one day, not the next. You can't just quit the drug. You want to take it twice a day for 14 days. And what our goal is, is to get players back safer quicker. Our goal is to get people back to work quicker. Our goal is to get kids back to school quicker. And ultimately, we want to be able to show in the trials that three months, six months later, that we're not having what's called, that that patients are becoming what's called the miserable minority. They're not part of the 15% of concussed patients out there that develop post-concussion syndrome. We want to see that 15% go down, hopefully as close to zero as possible, so people aren't having the lingering effects months later. For example, if you have a kid who's 16, gets a concussion on the football field, he develops post-concussion syndrome, he's having symptoms three, six months later, he's developing a learning disability, and he gets held back and doesn't graduate with his class. That's an example of what we want to, to prevent. And that's possible about 15% of people who have concussions, even if it's just one, doesn't have to be multiple, can ultimately get post-concussion syndrome and have this, these issues for months or years.
2: Brett, do you know immediately when you have a concussion? Yes and no. I, I say yes and no because when when I started 92 uh, as an NFL player, very little was was – known about concussions Uh, you know the term concussion has been around for quite a while and i think the obvious concussion anyone can can target and say that guy just had a concussion whether it's on and most notably i think boxing is a is a good example the guy gets hit he's down he tries to get up falls back down he's got rubber legs we all know he's had a concussion I mean, no, no argument needed. But what we now know, and I hate to say we, because I don't want to sound like an expert, but and I have never met Doctor Amalu, who uh, Will Smith portrayed in the movie Concussion. But I have talked to him on the phone, and I said, uh, "Well," he says to me, um, "I said, what age do you think this was?" There were several things that came out of the conversation that I thought were pretty revealing i said what age do you think is a safe age to play tackle football and he said there is no safe age you should not play tackle football he said he said let me just give you an example and if you've heard this to our viewers our listeners uh just hang with me but he said The human brain, the human head is not designed to do what you do in football. And he said, but to give you an example, a woodpecker, for example, and I know it's kind of of funny, but he said, a woodpecker, what does a woodpecker do? He sits there and bangs on a tree all day. You know how many concussions he gets? Zero. Why? Because his brain and his head is designed to do what it does. He said, another example, rams the, you know, they're, they're button heads up on the mountain. I mean, and it's an astronomical amount of force between the two, how many concussions zero Why? because they are designed, their head is designed. The brain does not slosh around. Um, and I thought, when I thought about it that way, uh, it, it sort of made sense. He said, so you can have the best helmet in the world but it does not stop the whiplash and, mo- and most concussions in the NFL or when you hit the turf and your head, the whiplash effect, not head to head. Yeah. There are a, a, a large number of head to head, but it's, you get hit, you get slung down. My last play as an NFL player was the most harmless hit. I, I don't even call it a hit. I threw a pass to the left. The guy pushed me, it just kind of harmlessly pushed me. And the field was almost a frozen sheet of ice. And I I was looking at the ball as I was going down and my left side of my head hit the turf and the lights were out, man. (laughs) And I was out for probably 30 seconds to a minute. Um, Some guys are out longer. Some guys are are out uh, or less than that. But for about 15 minutes, man, I, I was in a daze. But later on, it came back to me. So the the brain in the the head of the human body is not designed so prevention it can only go so far right. um but uh 92 if you had a concussion you you would not ever go to the coach and say hey coach i think i may sit out a little bit cuz i got a concussion you'd have gotten a foot right where you you know where yeah. so because the, the, you know you were soft if you had lingering effects of a concussion or you were thought to be working the system or, you know, whatever. So that has, that has gotten better. That has changed, um, and, and that's a good thing. And rule changes are good things. But, again, they can only go so far, and there's got to be some type of treatment. And one of the things that also that I asked Jake initially was, so a guy takes a drug, he can go right back out and play not necessarily, but it may not, if you're, if I'm 25 years old, I'm in the prime of my career. Um, I'm thinking I'm invincible, but this drug is, is going to protect you long-term, which you may not care so much about at 25 or 21 or even 30, but when you're 51, like I am, I'm worried a lot less about my knees and my ankles. Granted, you know, I've had those surgeries and uh, joint problems, and that's probably going to offer a set of challenges as I get older. But the, the, the brain issue is scary, very scary. And especially taking into account my first 16 years, there was no protocol. Right, You got your butt back out there and played. And- can, I, can I jump in on
1: the protocol yeah. for a second in and, and doctor and, and Brett just weigh in on this. I, the, it, you know, the, the NFL stepped up the protocol concussion protocol and they've stepped up the rules, but Brett and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when Mahomes got his bell rung and he had a concussion, the protocol being that you kind of self-diagnose after the game. I'm talking, you know, the days following the, the concussion, you self-diagnose as, as a, as a a patient, you say, uh, well, and, and you sell, you self-report. Well, you may want to play in a, the next game. So you say, I don't have headaches, but maybe you do. Is there, is there more that that they, the NFL should be doing on, on the protocol side uh, to, to protect,
2: Players. Well, Yeah, so basically it, for, for everyone listening, the protocol, and, and I may not be exact, but there is a, suppo- supposedly an unbiased neuroscience neurologist or s- someone, in, in, an expert in the field of brain injuries, uh, concussions, and they're watching the game as a fan, but more or less from up in the booth. And I say unbiased because Patrick Mahomes gets a concussion leading up to the championship game. This guy doesn't care, doesn't even know who Patrick Mahomes is, hypothetically. But he sees that he gets up with rubber legs. He calls down and says he's out until he passes protocol. That that could be back in the game at a later point. But more than likely, he's out until... He's cleared to go back to the field of play, whether it be the, the present game or the next week's game. So during the week after that, which Patrick didn't go back in, if there is this self, you know, um, testing of yourself. You know, basically what that is, and we've all done it, you got a headache or dizziness or a little bit of forgetfulness, But also, what people probably don't know is when you when you enter the league, you take what is called a baseline test, which started about 2007 or 8, give or take, which was right at the end of my career. So, what a baseline test is is more or less some computer uh, testing, so you know some little written stuff, uh, some you know like basically you read a story. And you go, what is this for? Well, later if in that testing, you're asked about that story. What color was Mary's wagon? Um, You Uh, know, know, stuff like that is basically on it. And so it's a pretty detailed test. It's kind of funny at times. It's kind of goofy. But you score something. And that's your baseline test score. So when you have a concussion – before you're cleared to go back on the field, say you clear everything else, you know, you, they follow the eyes. You, they, you do a close your eyes, you, you know, like the drunk test. You walk in a line, walk backwards, put your arms out to your side. You know, there's all these different tests. And so you pass all that, but you take the baseline test again and you score less than what you scored on it first. Then you're not cleared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there are some good uh, protocol, new testing procedures and stuff that that were not available, uh, were not even thought to, well, why would we even have this, uh, you know, years and years ago? So for me, if you think about it, I had 18 years basically of, of NFL football, four years of high school and junior high and elementary that – accumulated before this baseline test so my number is probably going to be a little skewed if that if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and even even professional, i think they're offering these protocol or baseline tests even in high school now um yeah. so that's a good thing uh the, the self ex- examination is a is a tricky thing because here's the problem with that and and you touched on it eric I personally, if I'm playing in a championship game, or or we're we're playing in the championship or the Super Bowl the following week, and I had a concussion the week before, I'm going to play. Yeah. Now, I I have I know one thing that I can't control. I I can, but I can't control. I mean, I can control if I have headaches. Am I going to tell them I'm having headaches? Probably not. Right. But if I fail the baseline test, so I know I better do well in that baseline test. Because I better make it a, 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 the same or above score in order to get cleared. Um, so the self-examination and, and the examination that the doctors pretty much can give you, you know, testing your motor skills and all that stuff are relatively the same. The baseline is what you have to pass in order to be cleared. Probably that's the last hurdle. Got it.
0: I, I can add a couple of things real quick, Eric. Um, one, uh, you know, the issue is when they come into the league and they take the baseline, knowing they want to be able to to do as good or better in the future. They may uh, there was this conspiracy that maybe some players were sort of flunking. taking a dive, yeah, taking yeah. A, right. putting their
1: thumb on the on the scale at the baseline,
0: <laughs> right. And good then point. the return return to play protocol with baseline, like Brett, they also the independent neurologists checks for visual tracking uh, with certain movements of the head of, of the concussed individual. The main thing is when you see visual nystagmus and issues with wobbly eyes, that usually means you've had a concussion that's gonna take a lot longer to get over. So clearing out the wobbly eye issue by a neurologist is key. And then just as important as the baseline and getting that score, goes really back to patient-reported outcomes again here, Eric, because it's based on levels of physical exertion. Day one, you do nothing. Day two, you know, you sit in the film room and watch TV. Day three, you go out with just your helmet on. Day four, you jog. Day five, you're actually taking snaps so it's looking at how the patient reports after physical exertion which- doc, doc, doc,
1: can I, can I just ask a a layman 's question here and and Brett, feel free to weigh in on this, but you know it, it's there's just all these billions of dollars spent on helmet technology, and I guess it's helping but as from a doctor's standpoint i'm just, i'm i'm just a common sense kind of guy. If I have two hard shell things on the outside that hit you 're going to create a lot more uh repercussion or a lot more uh impact. Why don't they do a softer out? And I'm saying soft. I'm just saying so that impact of, of of hard hard is eliminated. and You have a little bit of a, a toned down impact with helmet to helmet. I mean, are they worried about losing the sound of helmet to helmet? Uh, you know, the aesthetics of the football uh, block or hit.
2: Well, I think the new helmets, in theory, are absorbing some of the blow, which is From what the you're inside about. though, right? From the inside. Why, why inside, you know, California. they've done some, some, some major testing. and I, was, I don't know if it was last year or the year before the NFL put $60 million into helmets. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake.
0: No, you're right. I think they ultimately put $100 million into a company called Vices, uh, which is no longer, uh, it's not very viable right now. Hopefully that technology will come back. Very expensive to make that helmet, but they were trying to get the cost of goods down. Um, but Rydell and shoot are monsters in this area. So it's hard to compete
2: again, though, you, um, you the outer shell, I, I, you know, I don't know the the thickness, I don't, you know, I don't know, but, but your, the, your point is absorbing some of that blow. Uh, but, but again, h- here's the problem though. You stop the brain keeps moving. Yeah. You know, uh whereas a woodpecker or a ram, and there are other animals, uh, that, that are designed they're in sort of a pr- protective cocoon that d- keeps it from sloshing around. There is nothing that protects us from it sloshing around, yeah. right. you know, so the Either
0: guys are getting lie. bigger,
2: the guys are getting faster. The yeah. guys are getting stronger. Mm-hmm. You have quarterbacks now that are 275 pounds, um, You know, the average line when I was a rookie in the NFL, the average line was roughly between 295 to 305, 304, give or take. And if a guy weighed 305, he probably wasn't the greatest athlete. Nowadays, you've got a guy 350 that runs like a deer. Yeah. (laughs) And when, you know, so the rule changes have helped. To a certain extent, but you get hit by 350-pound guy running full speed, yeah. something's got to give. And well, you're uh, right,
1: Brett. I mean, if you watch enough you know, football, I watch nonstop. I mean, it's not the helmet to helmet that creates a concussion. It's the, it's the ground. It's the yeah. ground. That's it's all. Yeah, I mean, even Mahomes' last hit where it didn't even look that bad, but and he was until he hit the ground. Well, he touched when he hit the ground. He was gone. Exactly. On gone,
0: gone gone boy. To your, to your point on that, the number one cause of concussion is motor vehicle accidents. And people just get whiplash injury. They don't even have to hit their head. It's yeah. just the whiplash. Uh, but obviously, right. with football, you can get that whiplash, but ultimately, you do have to hit the ground. But uh, if, if we've got time, I'd like to talk a little bit about second impact syndrome, which is a deadly result from concussion. And uh, oftentimes, uh, those are associated with hitting the back of your head, uh, very similar Uh, to what happened to Brett on his last play, on his concussion. Dale Earnhardt, too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you all know what second impact syndrome is? No. All right. Second impact syndrome is when you've had one concussion and you go back into play too soon and you get a second concussion and it causes massive hemorrhaging in your brain. There was a uh, a national news that was on Sports Illustrated back in 2016. Uh, A kid named Grant Milton Really great athlete, ran a four four forty. Played linebacker in Texas. They were in the state playoffs. Uh, Grant, uh, you know, had, had had some concussions before uh, the week leading up. You know, maybe he wasn't sleeping as good. You know, kind of hanging around, but you know, he was still with it. Um, went out there, had you know, having a great game, and um, got a second concussion. And um, that's you know, that seven, maybe seven ten days have gone by since the last one. We could have treated that and got that headed back in the right direction. He goes back into that game, gets a second concussion, has a massive hemorrhage, seizures on the sidelines. Uh, Grant was lucky to survive. He was only seven minutes from Baylor Medical uh, Center. Mm. Uh, If he hadn't been so close to the hospital and the neurosurgeon was on call that night, or he probably would have passed away. Uh, Grant is in long-term care uh, for the rest of his life on a feeding tube, lost his speech, uh, you know, went from a great athlete being recruited by big schools to, you know, lucky to live and, and going to have this uh, with the support of his family for the forever. So definitely well, for, something we need to consider.
1: Brett, Brett, we can, uh, we can wrap it here if you want to. You want to make some final uh, final uh, comments on on the on Dr. Jake V. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. Dr. Jake V. and the drug and and where it stands and what you're what you, you know state the case and we'll, we'll yeah
2: I I just you know and this has been talked about a bunch and I I, I don't want to go much longer but um but you know concussions getting back to just the the concussion itself. Mm-hmm. It was. I think everyone again knows when they see a concussion or have one. And I go back to Dr. Amalo, and in that discussion I had with him, he said, "How many concussions do you think you had?" And I said three. And this this was after I I was done playing. And I say three because there were three where I was at, fit, was mentally I was out of it. Didn't know what happened. I can't say that I was in pain. I can't say that how dizzy I was, but. I, Um, I didn't remember how I would got to the sidelines and he said, okay, but you, what you don't realize is you've probably, Hey, he said, how long have you, did you play? He had no clue. He knows nothing about football, which is good. I said, I played 20 years, 19 of them. I didn't miss a game. He said, I, I'm going to say you've had thousands of concussions. And I said, really, how can you say that? And he said, well, how many times have you? He said, you've heard the term seeing stars or fireworks or your bell got rung, meaning ringing in the ears. And I said, gosh, Doc, too many to count. He goes, those are concussions and those do the damage. He said, think about a boxer. How many knockout blows do they have as opposed to the jabs to the head? You know, one and one knockout blow, 100 jabs that hit them. Mm -hmm. He said, those jabs are doing a tremendous amount of damage to the brain. It takes a a pretty good bit, but that was really revealing to me um, and scary because I'm thinking, oh, three, I kind of went unscathed in 20 years. But how many times did I get sacked or I tripped and fell and my head hit the turf and I was like, oh, you know, it was like a loud noise in my helmet no telling how many times that happened and that's so there's where the fear lies in the future. Um, what am I going to be like junior Sayal or, um, you know, Mike Webster, you know, great hall of fame guy who was living in his car, you know, and there, there's, there's endless examples of guys that have had repercussions from, from, you know, their play in football. Mm -hmm. So, I just want everyone to know, if you don't know this already, that um, you don't have to be knocked out cold to have a concussion. In, in fact, that's probably the least of which, uh, it, it, you know, is out there. It's, 10, you know, you're still playing, but you had a concussion because you, no one knows that you saw stars. And how many of those players are going to say, man, I'm going to go over and I'm gonna take myself out of the game because uh, I just saw stars. Um, but then that set, yeah you know, what Jake talked about that second impact um but there 's that potential uh so um in one of the things i don 't know if Jake mentioned this uh because I did ask Jake this i said uh, initially about this product, I said, so do you have to have a a, a diagnosed hundred percent sure concussion to take this drug no if you think someone's had a concussion and they take the drug, it's not going to hurt them. Right. It's not like you, 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 know, there are other stuff that you take that it was unneeded. This is, this is doing good regardless. So that's, that's my last little bit.
1: And don't forget how many, how many, how many kids across the country are playing football, playing soccer, contact in soccer, or wherever else Yeah, doc final thought.
0: Yeah, well, I think the the good news now is after the long eight-year journey Brett and I have been on together is we've we've recently been acquired by Odyssey Group International, uh, the stock symbols, O-D-Y-Y, and we have the funding mechanism now to cover the clinical trials. So now we're only about eight weeks away from really getting started and, and getting this thing in humans. So, And fingers crossed, obviously, tough job to get through the FDA, but the drug hadn't let us down yet. Here All right, Doctor
1: Jake V. Brett Favre. The the topic was concussions. Very very uh, informative, fascinating, and it's probably some content that more people need to see. You can, doc, doc, maybe you want to send that over to the the NFL and maybe even to UFC and, and other other sports franchises. Uh, Doctor Jake V. Brett, awesome. Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks, Brett. You're welcome.
0: Follow the show on Twitter for the latest news and links to all our social media channels at Bowling with Favre. Bowling with Favre is executive produced by Ali Brito and Rob Jenners. This has been a presentation of Live by Lives Podcast One.